Hello, my friends, and welcome back to episode 11 of the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm Steph Johnson here today with an episode titled Overscheduled and Overwhelmed. Here's how to feel in control again. So much of the feedback that we hear from school counselors is feeling overwhelmed because they have too much to do and they just can't figure out how to get everything taken care of. And it's not that they're not smart enough to figure it out. It's that there's just so much coming at us all the time. And often when we're in the middle of that hurricane of activity, it's hard to discern what's our priorities, what should we be working on? at any certain moment in time. And that can actually lead to two things. One is feeling completely burnt out, overwhelmed, and just done. Or second, sometimes people try to combat the overwhelm by overscheduling. And I think a lot of times that's even worse. Because if we overschedule, we're setting ourselves up for even more overwhelm by too little flexibility. We have been given the impression that we need to fill every single minute of our day, right? We should be going, going, going all the time in order to prove ourselves and to prove our worth. But there are a lot of things in our days that shouldn't be scheduled. And there's some really good reasons why you should not have every minute of your calendar filled every single day. So we're going to jump into that today. I'm going to give you permission to release that feeling that you're supposed to be accounting for every single minute. And I know that feels so strange when we talk about data-driven school counseling, but just follow me on this one and I think you will see what I mean. Now, you know, and I know, school counseling is fast paced, especially with some of the caseloads some of you are carrying. It feels like you start running when you come in the door of the school and you're running until you leave. And sometimes you're even running after that, right? With family events, personal responsibilities and things like that. Add to that the fact that our job duties are changing all the blessed time right? There are new needs popping up constantly. And one thing that people don't really recognize about a school counselor's role is that a lot of those needs cannot be anticipated. There's no way to know when a student is going to have a bad night and need support the next day. There's no way to know when you're going to have a death in your school family. There's no way to know when a student is going to make an outcry and threaten to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. Man, you know, if we could anticipate that kind of stuff, how much easier and how much better it would be for everyone. But we can't do that. And so we've got to have room in our schedule and in our plans to maneuver and to pivot because that's our role, right? We're like the firemen of the school. When someone has an emergency, typically we're the ones that come running. And I think a lot of times that aspect of our job is overlooked. And I'll go on a side tangent here and say, that's why I don't understand why so many administrators are using their school counselors as classroom teachers um, who are scheduling their school counselors into specials rotations and other kinds of rotations in a classroom environment. Y'all, that's not our role. And 
Further, I'm not sure why we're not hearing more talk about this. With the increasing mental health needs for students on our campuses, I don't know why our organizations haven't stood up and said, hey, listen, guys, you're not using your counselors the way they can be utilized to make your campus the best it can be. That part just totally blows my mind every time I think about it. But moving on, I know a lot of you love teaching lessons, and I'm not saying those are a bad thing. We know that Tier 1 foundations are important for every single school campus, but I really do think we can be utilized in a different way that will allow us to be more flexible and be able to pivot when we need to instead of feeling stressed or guilty because we're having to cancel a lesson, instead of feeling frazzled because we're trying to find someone that can cover for us, any number of things like that. I think, too, um, kind of piggybacking off of that, one of the reasons that we often feel overscheduled and overwhelmed is that historically, school counselors have been somewhat distrusted with our time. As we've shifted from a guidance counseling model into more of a school counseling and mental health-based model, It's been difficult for us to shake the reputation of some of our guidance counselors of old. And I know not everyone fit this mold, but I think the perception was that when you got tired of teaching, you were over it, you were just on the edge of retirement, that's when you moved into the guidance counselor's office. It was sort of a pre-retirement gig, right? And you worked in there and you scheduled, you checked credits for students, and then you just sort of hung out the rest of the time. And a lot of people were really resentful of that. I think some of our administrators coming up remember that kind of scenario. But now with bigger schools, bigger caseloads, more expectations of school counselors, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. But it's hard for people to shake that perception, especially when it is perpetuated in social media and in the movies and these little sitcoms and things like that. Schools are often very dysfunctional environments. They can be a little catty, a little competitive, depending on where you are. And a lot of people, if they can't see what you're doing, assume that you're doing nothing. It's another hard thing about being a school counselor. So much of the work that we do is confidential. So much of it um, happens behind that veil of confidentiality. And for most folks in our paths, if they don't see it, it never happened, right? Um, Especially in this world of social media postings and uh, recording everything, archiving everything through videos and pictures. If you don't see it, it didn't happen. And so it's really hard for folks to wrap their minds around the fact that we may be working even though they can't see all of it going down. Here's where your use of time data really will pay off. And if you're not collecting use of time data, I'm going to encourage you to consider starting doing that for a lot of different reasons, but it certainly will help in this aspect. I remember back on a previous campus in a previous school district, being a new counselor on campus and doing things very differently than their previous counselor, who was more of a guidance model counselor. And there was a a little distrust about how my program looked different. People really weren't sure what to think about it. And, you know, I, I kind of felt that. I kind of felt that as I was getting going seeing students, not sharing a lot of information, that kind of stuff. 
And I will never forget the next year at one of our staff meetings, I had the opportunity to put my use of time data up on a screen to show the whole staff what had been going on in the counseling office. And I think it was very much the same scenario I described just a few minutes ago, where folks assumed that because they couldn't see things happening, that nothing was happening. And when I was able to put my graphs up on the screen and show where my percentages of time were going, how many crisis responses I was responsible for, how many individual student counseling hours had been provided, all those kinds of things, it was so funny to hear this audible gasp go through the library where all of the staff suddenly realized, oh, there is a lot going on in that office. It was so rewarding. And I can tell you, I did experience a change in the way that people spoke to me on the campus after that. I think that we kind of get bogged down in our work and think, you know, there's no way that I could stop to collect use of time data all day long. And there's no way that I can record every minute. But it's possible. We have folks in our mastermind working on it now and who have worked on it in the past. And We really love to hold their hands, help them develop those habits so that data collection becomes second nature. And it's so fun when our members come back and say, hey, you know, when I tried to do that on my own, it was so overwhelming and it just felt like too much. But once I started walking through it with you guys, man, it's it's so much easier than I thought. Y'all, that's gold right there because that's going to do nothing but help advocate for your program in a lot of ways. A lot of you, too, have principals that are asking for your schedules or even requiring you to turn in your schedules on a weekly basis. And those are administrators that still very much see you in light of a teacher, right? Very much see you in the role of a traditional educator and not in the role of a school counselor. So I've got a solution for you with that coming up here in just a few seconds. So if you're one of those school counselors that's required to turn in your schedule for the week, hang with me because I think I've got a solution for you. So with all these things going on, with the fast-paced, quick-as-lightning changes in our day, these new unanticipated needs popping up all the time, needing room to maneuver and pivot in environments where we may be a bit distrusted with our time, where we're being asked to post or publish our schedules for the week, how can we then address that feeling of being overscheduled? and overwhelmed with the demands in our day. The solution, my friends, is time blocking. You've probably heard of time blocking, and it probably um, was one of those things that sounded like a great idea, but was just another thing that felt like, you know, I don't have I don't have the bandwidth to think about one more thing. But if you can sit down and give this a good 10 minutes it's going to rock your world. It is going to change the way you see your days forever. Again, I know several of my masterminders have adopted this way of scheduling as they've heard me talk about it in our consultation chats. And they've all said it's been a huge, huge game changer for them in their school counseling programs. So time blocking essentially is this. You are going to block off chunks of time in your schedule meant for certain tasks. That's it. And you're going to block off these chunks of time, not only for your counseling duties, the things that you know you're supposed to be doing in your program, 
but you're also going to block off chunks of time for all of those pesky little non-counseling duties as well. So here's my suggestion on how I would go about blocking off my time in my schedule for the beginning of a new school year. The first thing I would do would be block off any sort of morning obligations, end of school obligations, so like car duty, being a greeter in the front, anything like that, even if it's something that you're not required to do, but you intend to do, such as, you know, some high visibility, just being in the hallways, greeting students, checking in on certain folks as they come in in the morning, anything like that, you're going to block that time off in your schedule. You're just going to draw a little square or something in there so you know that's your time for those activities. Same for after school. And if you have any lunch duties or anything like that, block those off on your calendar. So you're probably going to be working with a calendar that's sort of a week at a glance view. We'll put one up on our website, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash time block. It'll be just a blank weekly calendar template to kind of get you going where you can look at different blocks of time in your day and start playing around with them and seeing what works for you. All right, so first we've blocked off morning, after school, and lunch obligations. All right, you with me? Step number two, we're going to block off time that's not generally available for you to pull students. And what I mean by that is if you have maybe a first period that everyone is required to stay in, if you have certain classes that students aren't allowed to leave, If there's a time of day where the majority of your students are moving to and from lunch and it's difficult to find individuals, those kinds of times of day, those big transition pieces, go ahead and block those off and block those off for your paperwork time, phone calls, planning, that kind of stuff. So sort of the um, administrative side of your job can be done when students aren't readily available. So that's step two. Step three, if you are providing tier one services for students, and by that I mean big class lessons, things like that, you're going to block off your times for those lessons. If you have the luxury of blocking off your own times, letting teachers schedule times for you to come visit, just kind of block those off about where you want them to go and when you're going to offer signups. If you don't have that luxury, If you are required to teach on a mandated schedule, then you're going to want to go ahead and block those in step one instead. All right. So if you get to choose your times, do it now. If you don't get to choose your times, do that first before you block off your morning, afternoon, lunch duty, that kind of stuff. And then here is the most important part of the block schedule. If you hear nothing else, of what I say today, hear this part. As you begin to fill in the rest of your block schedule with different kinds of tasks that you're going to complete. So maybe, you know, on Monday, you have a block where it's just emails and phone calls, right? You might have a block for 504 coordination if you're responsible for that. You might have a block for lesson planning. You might have a block where you're going to call individual students in for counseling. All right, it's just like building with Legos here. As you build these blocks of time for your schedule, leave blank 
space. As go-getters, as high achievers, and you all are, it's so tempting to go in and bump every single one of these time blocks up against each other to fill every single minute of our day. And we've been convinced that that's what's necessary in our work to be able to prove ourselves. But it's not true. Make sure you're leaving blank space in between these blocks. Now, how much blank space you want to leave is up to you. I would recommend a minimum of 15 minutes. Put 30 in there if you got it, okay? But the point of this is, if you haven't left blank space, all you've essentially done in creating this time-blocked schedule is you've created another overwhelming to-do list. And it's exactly what we didn't want in the first place, right? So you need to have that room in your schedule where you can pivot, where you can call an audible and go a different direction because something's popped up, where you can regroup or rearrange your schedule. You're going to need that time to shuffle through. And I know that you're going to have a list of things on your desk. If you're anything like me, you've got about five, six, seven hundred sticky notes on your desk at any given time with extra things that need to be completed. If you come across some of that blank space in your time-blocked schedule and you genuinely have nothing to do, you pick up one of those sticky notes and you jump in and you get something taken care of. So the blank space is not intended for you to be kicked back in your chair eating bonbons and painting your toenails, but it is intended to give you a little bit of breathing space, a little moment to catch your breath, and nothing for nothing. When you look at your schedule on paper or on your electronic calendar, seeing some of that white space in there is so good for your brain. It takes away a little of that anxiety, that feeling of overwhelm, and just shows you visually, hey, I've got some room to breathe. We're going to be able to do this. So some of you are listening to this and thinking, hey, Steph, that's great. I love the idea of this time blocking, but I've got a huge problem here. It's not going to work for me. And the reason that it's not going to work for me is that I have a principal who demands that I turn in a schedule that has filled every minute with some sort of task or activity. There's no way that I can turn a schedule into them with a block of blank space because then all of a sudden they're going to come up with even more for me to do, right? How many of you are in that situation? It's very real for school counselors. So here's your solution. If you have that dilemma and you want to time block so that you're not having to, you know, create a new schedule every week. You're not having to provide the particulars of every single thing you're doing in the week. You just provide a time block schedule. Take those little blocks of blank space and title them with some slightly more vague descriptions of what's probably going to be going on. Something like tier one analysis. Y'all, there are so many ways that you can analyze your tier one services. Building school to community partnerships. If you're making phone calls, if you're talking to anyone out in the community, if you're even thinking about it, that's going to be valid. Data-driven regrouping. That would be a great label for a blank time block space if you had to turn this in. Are you going to be looking at your data throughout the day? Goodness, yes. So if you're required to turn in one of these minute-by-minute schedules, 
that would be a great way to do it. And then you can somehow distinguish that block for yourself that that's some catch up work time. Does that make sense? So I'm not telling you to be disingenuous, right? I'm not telling you to not be honest about where your time is going, but I am telling you, label it so that you have some maneuverability within that time block. You have some wiggle room to be able to transition and pivot and get the things done that you need to do. My last suggestion for overscheduling and overwhelm is in addition to running that lag time list, all those little sticky notes I mentioned that are on my desk, all the tasks that are waiting to be done that are not necessarily urgent but need to be taken care of, I would recommend keeping a list called What I Missed Data. And if you've been a fan of the podcast, if you've been listening, you've heard me talk about what I missed data before. I think it was back in episode maybe four or five when I talked about the idea of keeping a what I missed list for your advocacy efforts. And it's an incredible, incredible initiative. If you have the time to keep up with it, I would not recommend doing this right off the bat. I would recommend doing this later after you've established some really good habits with uh, collecting your daily use of time data. The what I missed list is a list of all of the things that you could have been doing that pertain to your job that you couldn't do because you were doing other things that aren't supposed to be your job. That sounds confusing, doesn't it? But essentially what it is, is what should I've been doing as a school counselor when you were asking me to do jobs that other people could do? It can be very powerful when you get to the right point for advocacy, which by the way, friends, is not right when you walk in the door and start working on a campus. It's going to take you a year or two to get a good handle on your use of time data. And about the end of year two, going into year three is when you're really going to start looking at having those advocacy conversations. But keeping this what I missed data is going to inform your administrators on all the awesome things they could have had If you hadn't been doing all this silly stuff on the side, it does take a certain kind of relationship to be able to present that. And there is definitely an art and nuance to presenting it. So if you want to go that direction, I'm going to urge you jump in our mastermind with us where we can have some really detailed conversations about what that looks like and what it feels like. But that what I missed data is going to be so invaluable when it comes time to show your time blocking efforts, your use of time percentages, and what you could have done had you not been invested in these other things. So go hop over on our website, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash time block, grab that time blocking worksheet and go to town. I promise you, it's just going to take you maybe 10, 15 minutes to get a preliminary idea of what that time-blocked schedule looks like. It's going to eliminate the feeling like you have to have every single thing on your calendar all the time. Because for a lot of us, particularly if we struggle with anxiety or perfectionism, that feels like a lot. That's where that overwhelm comes from. Knowing that you can go plug things into these time blocks feels a lot more easy, feels a lot more flexible, and a lot less overwhelming. 
And if you don't have a good planner going, I've got a solution for you. Our new School for School Counselors Modern School Counselor Planner is available on our website. You can uh, get just the fall semester if you want to try it out and see what it's all about, or you can get both together. It's super cheap. We're not trying to create a side hustle here. We just want to provide good tools for you and be able to pay to host them so that everybody can access them. You can find that at schoolforschoolcounselors.com as well. Just look right there on the homepage. We'll have our planner there ready and waiting for you. But the beautiful thing about this planner is that it's not a daily task sheet. We avoided that. That's why we call it the modern planner, because it's made to work in conjunction with your electronic calendars that you're required typically to use on your campuses. So, you know, your Google calendar or your Outlook calendar where we're sending and receiving invites about things going on on campus. The modern school counselor planner is designed to work in conjunction with those so that you don't feel like you're constantly reiterating things to yourself on paper as well as on a screen. And if you're anything like me and you're juggling lots of balls every single day, it's easy to let one drop when you've got things listed in more than one place. So We've designed our modern school planner to work around that electronic calendar, a little less opportunity for things to get dropped or forgotten, but works wonderfully well in helping you goal set, look at future projects and have everything in place and ready to go. All right, so to wrap up today, remember blocking your time is going to help if you're feeling overscheduled and overwhelmed, look at a time block schedule. It sounds so silly and simple, but it can be a game changer. Remember not to try to schedule every single minute. Put those blocks in, keep some blank space around them, and then if you have to, give them those ambiguous titles like data-driven regrouping so that you know you're working, your principal knows you're working, but you're not being super specific about what those things are. And then last, keep a good bird's eye view of your calendar and your daily schedule so that you can plan to stay on track. Our modern school counselor planner is great for that, but any planner that you have will be wonderful just in helping you make sure that you've got your long range goals in mind. Now, if you plan to time block and want to plan on a daily basis as well, be careful. Don't start making just another to-do list for yourself that's going to overwhelm you. Lean into those blocks for a little while and work with them and see if it helps you eliminate some of your feelings of overwhelm and frustration. So that's all I've got for you this week. I hope this was super helpful to you as you sort of reimagine and re-envision ways that you can be your best to help your students and your staff on campus because we've got to be well and we've got to feel like we've got it together in order to be a good helper to others. I hope you have a great week coming up this week. I hope that time blocking goes well. Post in our Facebook group, School for School Counselors. Email me or send me a message and let me know how this time blocking is going for you this week. Do you think it's something you're going to enjoy and might be helpful to you? Or is that just not how your brain works? I'm interested to know. All right, guys, you have the best week. And I'll see you again next week with another episode of the School for School Counselors podcast. Y'all take care. (laughs) 